Hi, welcome back to Be Curious, the social enterprise podcast interviewing B Corp leaders. I'm Melissa, and in the final episode of season one, I interview Kate Sandal, who works at B Labs UK, to explain more on what a B Corp is, why businesses get involved, and how we can collectively make business a force for good. So I'm here with Kate Sandal, who's the community and outreach manager for B Corp UK, just to explain more about B Corp from an insider perspective. Hi, Kate. Hi. Um, so a question I'm sure you've heard a hundred times, but what is a B Corporation? Um, it's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> they are uh, companies who are certified as uh, using their business as a force for good. Um, some people describe B Corps as reinventing business. Um, when I talk about B Corp, I talk about it in a... Uh, in, in kind of three different ways. So I talk about it being a certification. I also talk about it being a community and also a movement. And the, those three elements are really essential when you when you certify as a B Corp. Obviously, certification, the external validation, um, which is really hard to get. Um, and it's about the whole of your business. Then you've got the community. So you've got like-minded businesses from 2,500 or 2,600, I think, B Corps across the globe now. Um, that want to work together, partner from each other, um, and also the whole idea that if you believe in business um, doing better and we believe that we need to lead that change, um, we're so much stronger if we do that together, and that's why our community is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movement part is, is also quite interesting. So um, our assessment is free for anyone to use. Uh, you can just log on, start benchmarking, using all the tools and the resources. We have over 50,000 businesses who've done that globally. Um, and then the other part of the, the movement bit is that um, the legal change that you have to make. So we know that certifying as a B Corp is really important, but for some businesses that isn't possible mm-hmm. um, or it isn't the right time for them or lots of different reasons. But actually amending their legal documents to say that they will treat stakeholders equally um, and consider their interests when making decisions is really at the heart of, of what we're trying to achieve. But anyway, so the whole idea of the, of the movement is is really key because... What we're trying to do is change the way that business operates, and that's our broader aim of B Lab, and B Lab being the not-for-profit that's rolling out the B Corporation movement. Um, the way that we want to be able to create that change is through different touch points. So it's either through allowing any business to use our, our tools and our resources, logging onto our assessment, and then the other part is is changing the way that you operate from, from your internal DNA, so your, your legal documents and saying that we have committed to operating differently and considering our impact and that's where that that legal change comes in as well. Interesting. So the main part to start with would be the certification to become a B Corp and that's something that I know that B Labs works a lot to help businesses complete with. So you joined right at the start of B Labs setting up? Yeah I did. How did you hear about it as a company? Um, I know you were working with a sort of a very economic social business before so is that how you sort of transitioned over? Yeah, well, I was um, I was working for a charity that was promoting economic development in Israel and Palestine. Mm. So um, it, 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 some people don't necessarily see the correlation, um, but it's, it's the, the whole same idea. foundation idea. Of it's the economic idea. growth of social benefit. Sort of. Yes, exactly. I don't think it was as explicit with what we were doing, um, but a belief that the private sector has the ability to create change. Um, and uh, organisations or countries shouldn't be so dependent on aid when there's potentially other opportunities that could help be more sustainable in their future. Um, 
uh, looking at social impact. So the, the founder of the charity that I was working for was a guy called Savant Cohen, um, who is seen as kind of the father, I say that and invented inverted commas, uh, of um, the British venture capitalism and um, also for social impact investment. So the correlation kind of comes in there where we um, looking at social impact investment quite a lot and how you can get returns for solving, market rate returns for solving social um, problems and they're mainly social not environmental mm. um, I yeah, was starting to look for, for a new job um, I always believed in the concept of CSR um, back in the day when I first graduated from university quite a long time ago um, <laughs> almost 10 years ago and, um, and then found myself going off in a completely different direction so I worked four years running international um, conferences um, in a totally different totally different way and then kind of slowly found myself back to what I wanted to do when I first graduated but in a very different way and it's obviously moved on quite a lot from that and um, the idea of having a department that looks after your CSR I think at the moment is um, is being challenged you know philanthropy make your money and then spend it wisely with charitable organizations yeah. in the same way that you um, with CSR they're kind of like it's like a oh how do we engage charities and you know and it's all very important but mm. actually with B Corp what we'd look at is the way that you operate as a business so how your suppliers affected by what you're doing and who are your suppliers and what about your workforce and your engagement and your policies and practices and the same with your environment and it's all integrated into the whole of your operations um, and everything that you do day to day rather than just being a department that could look after something. Yeah. So instead of a facade, it's infiltrating that corporate social responsibility across the whole of the business. Exactly. It's everyone's responsibility yeah. rather than someone else's or, you know, and then you always used to hear about people, you know, working in a CSR team and people are like, oh, we're like, here she, you know, here she is or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and, you know, it's, it, it needs to change and actually it's the person who buys your paper to ensure that it's recycled and you're printing double-sided. So it's your facilities manager or you've got you know, marketing and the way that you kind of you talk and the, the language that you use and how you engage. And that's what I think is quite exciting about B Corp is it's truly integrated into every person's role. Yeah, definitely challenging the idea that just one team of a few people who are trying to make the change is not quite enough when you could have everyone contributing yeah. to make a positive change. Exactly, yeah. yeah. A very kind of team-wide engagement, which is key to success. I think you need to have everyone of engaged in what you're doing and it can be really fun and it doesn't have to be like oh god you know here they come and yeah um, someone's making me recycle or yeah something. exactly like oh god here they are you know definitely changing the office atmosphere from having being green something that people presenting yeah. for yeah. something that can be a little bit more fun yeah engaging. exactly yeah. exactly yeah you mentioned before that you're helping people who are working with bigger businesses mm -hmm. to help them become B Corps. I know earlier this year, Innocent became B Corp, which is very yeah. exciting. Very exciting. Must have been a really great milestone for the B Labs team. Yeah, 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 it was very exciting. Yeah, and something that um, Douglas Mont, who's the CEO of Innocent, said in his statement, mm -hmm. I think reflects something you were saying earlier as well, which is that they're joining a movement which is trying to change the image from greed to good. Do you think that businesses have some image of greed fundamentally if it's a sort of shareholder-led business? Does yeah. that just come with the territory? Um, I think there's a shift happening and it's been taking place for quite a long time and kind of going back to Thomas Thomas Friedman's statement which has been the, the hallmark of the way that business is operated, especially in the US. Um, in the most recent years, I think the statement is around 1970, 
and that's the belief that um, you know business business's only purpose is to work for its shareholders mm. um, just profit so, driven yeah and that kind of that, that links to that whole idea of greed but actually if you look further back and you look towards the industrial revolution and you look to the likes of Cadbury um, with what they did in Bourneville or you look at the Lever Brothers or Roundtrees yeah, yeah so there's so many different organisations that realise that looking after their employees and employee welfare was integral to how they run this business and to their success so um, I think we lost our way uh, for a few years we're trying to find it back back. exactly and I think there's a lot of organizations who are um, who've always done that and they've always believed in it Um, and uh, you know it's just who they are and we have some businesses who kind of come to us and they chat and they said we've been doing this for years though we didn't realize that it was like that's just how we operate and have you got a couple of favorites off the top um, of your head do i have a couple of favorites i i'm not meant to have favorites a but i always do yeah, yeah, that- yeah. um so we have we have some really interesting businesses so we have um an adventure group uh, that is in saint david's which is the smallest city in the uk most westerly point um in wales and uh there's a they're called tyf and they take kids out um, and teaching them to kayak and coasteer and surf and things like that. Mm. And the founder says that he runs um, a dating agency for nature, which is just so beautiful. <laughs> Much better than Tinder. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and you know, Andy Middleton, he's the he's the founder, is is a real driver in this. And he said, you know, I've been doing this for years, and I have been joining different organisations, hoping to find like-minded businesses who believe in this as much as I do mm-hmm. um, and he says he's, you know, he's found his tribe now this, these are businesses who really care and they want to create a change and there's a community that comes with it so rather than it just being an external validation a really nice stamp you have on yeah. a, a packet or whatever this is about businesses coming together from a huge diversity so um, across the globe we have businesses from 131 industries in 65 countries in the UK, that, that range of industries is a bit smaller, but it really goes from, you know, a hotel to a renewable energy company to a stationary supplier to, um, to innocent to smoothies to consultancies. Um, and that's really, that's really exciting. Um, but going back to your question, so I suppose TYF are, are kind of one of my, my faves. You've obviously got Innocent who, you know, they, they're a game changer when it comes to this. You know, we have lots of amazingly well-known businesses um, some of which I have to explain sometimes to some people, some of which people get, but innocence resolutely you say to someone and they know it. Yeah. Um, which is really exciting. And they've been known to lead the way for such a long time, you know, donating such a huge amount of their revenue or their profits to charity. Um, a lot of the social impact stuff that they've done, they've never air freighted any of their fruit or vegetables. So they've been doing this kind of stuff for a really long time. And, you know, the way that they were set up was, was excellent. And, um, that it's going to be really exciting working with them to see how we can create change and how we can integrate into, into what they're doing. So um, I'm actually working with, with Douglas and a few other um, CEOs and founders to kind of see how we can kind of raise our game and um, really change awareness in the UK of, of what B Corp is. So yeah, very excited about them joining. Um, I'm going to choose a third because I think it's very important to have three favourites, um, although they're not my favourites. Power of three. Uh, power of three. Um our stationary supplier that we have so um, Red Ink they um, stationary not known to be the most exciting uh, industry that exists I don't like Uh, to underestimate anyone (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, Adam from Red Ink is totally dedicated to what we're doing and and has been such a great supporter 
um, kind of helping us out with with stationery, but also just providing stuff for the community and a real engagement in in creating change and the way that he he does things, the way that he operates and engages his teams. Um, you know, he wants to change the industry and the industry that he works in, and that he's kind of leading by example. So, yeah, red ink are another goodie. I guess stationery is an interesting one because people kind of associate paper with being something that's quite wasteful. Yeah. So if they can turn that into something a little bit more productive, that's exactly. Nice thing to yeah, they've got an amazing closed loop program with with some paper that they're working on actually getting a, a mill and, and kind of turning out the same paper. Um, so yeah, they, they look it up actually because Red Ink are really proud of it. So yeah, some closed loop recycling. It's very um, cool. But yeah, cool. So in I mean, comparing companies like Red Ink to companies like Innocent, yeah. see Innocent is a very global big mm-hmm. business. Do you think there's a benefit either way to having starting as a B Corp from a big business or a small business? Uh, yeah, I think what's the most exciting thing about B Corp is that actually it's um, it's relevant to everyone. Um, to every different size and every different type of business can can find that um, that benefit. I think there are some people who kind of engage in, in B Corp and they they expect something to come to them and they expect to see the benefit explicitly, but actually it's what you make of it. So it's whatever you put into it, you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that Adam from Red Inc., you know, integrates it into the whole of his business and the way that he operates and, and, you know, turns up at meetings and has got notebooks that are printed with B Corp for everyone who's at the meeting, you know, and, and it's really helped his business. It's, you know, now every B Corp wants to buy from a B Corp. So, yeah. you know, his it's business has massively grown. Exactly. Yeah. And that isn't necessarily the reason why you should join because I can't guarantee that that's, that will happen and that will transform for you, but it did happen for, for Adam, a really small business in, on the South Coast. And then you've got innocent to the reasons for them joining might not be as explicit but actually the power that they have the game-changing power that they have to create change and raise awareness of what we're doing and and lead that change um, is amazing and therefore just elevating themselves to be someone who truly believe in this it isn't something that they talk about but don't actually have externally validated or um, you know playing with those other really large businesses like Danone who have committed to certifying by 2030 um, working with all of these to say, right, how do we be better? How do we improve? You know, no one who's a B Corp is is the best business in the world. Every single one of them has many, many improvements that you can make. Yeah. And actually, for every single business, this is a nice tool and resource for them to say, right, well, we could do better. Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we increase our score? Um, and that's really important. Yeah. So the benefits that come out of it. One common argument is that B Corps help you sort of validate your social environmental impact. Mm-hmm. And you said this before that certifying as B Corp helps you distinguish yourself in quite a cluttered marketplace. Yes. Is that one of the major benefits of becoming a B Corp? I think it yes, definitely. I think there's for lots of different businesses there'll there'll be different different benefits. I think being able to to highlight what you're doing, that you've got that external validation, that is really important. Um, the, the challenge at the moment is that B Corp isn't as well known as we want it to be. Yeah. So, so Innocent must be a great asset for that yeah, because exactly. Innocent is such a public company. Yeah. And sometimes I like that B Corp isn't that well known in the sense that if you integrate it into who you are and you talk about it, um, business because people don't know what it is, whereas fair trade, you know exactly what it means. Organic, you know exactly what it yeah. means. It kickstarts a conversation that you might not have already been having. So that's what I quite like about um 
a B Corp at the moment is that actually it opens up conversations for a lot of people. We've got Leap who are a design agency in, in Cornwall and they say it has opened so many doors for them and people want to talk to them about B Corp so they go and talk to B Corp and they say, oh, by the way, we're a design agency and, and they end up getting clients that way and yeah. but their foot in the door is not because they're a design agency, it's because they're trying to do something different and that's what they really want to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think as well for small businesses, I found helping Unforgettable through their B Corp application that yeah. it helps provide a structure on where you can make improvements, yeah. which for small businesses is not always something that you might have considered. Exactly. You know, different aspects of the business that you yeah. haven't thought about before. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of how businesses how it benefits business going forwards. I know on the website it talked about transparency, accountability and performance. Yeah. For businesses that aren't fundamentally impact driven, like banks or consultancies or breweries, mm-hmm. how much do you think be, being becoming a vehicle helps with their performance? I know you mentioned obviously the networking is a really great asset. Yeah. When you say performance, what what do you what are you measuring performance by? So oh, great, great <laughs> question. I suppose in terms of business growth, yeah. would be fundamentally um so we did a um, an evaluation of our B Corp community in February mm-hmm. this year, um, and we looked at the growth rate of um, and looking at revenue of B Corps who had recertified um, by February. There was about forty, I think. Um, and and the reason why I'm kind of talking about this with a little bit of trepidation is that this is often a misquoted <laughs> um, statistic, but it's really impressive. So okay. <laughs> of the B Corps that had recertified by February, and bearing in mind we only launched um, uh, in, yeah, it's in September 2015, so yeah. this is the first kind of tranche of, of B Corps, um, they had grown by um, a year-on-year growth of 14%. Wow. Um, which... Um, it was 28% overall, but we mm-hmm. took that down to 14 as a year-on-year um, growth. And the UK economy grew by 0.5%. Wow. So it was an extortionate amount of growth. And, <laughs> and um, it's really, really exciting. But there is no way that we could take ownership of that growth rate. It is um, great that, that they did grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly shows that becoming a B Corp doesn't impact your, negatively impact your growth. Definitely. Um, hopefully it positively impacts it. Um, you know, and I think that's really important that actually, um, you know, we acknowledge that it can have a real positive impact in the way that you're doing. And if you're doing the assessment, you're having a good holistic view of your business, which is often you don't take the time to do anyway. Um, and it allows you to identify changes that you should make or weaknesses that you want to improve on. Um, you know, it's a free consulting tool, essentially. And um, that's what I quite like about it. But yeah, so there are there's good examples of... Um, you know, when we when we did that statistic, actually there was some businesses we couldn't even take the mean or the median growth rate. We had to take the mode because it was even more ridiculous the growth rate when we when we did the mean or the median, which is it's amazingly exciting. Yeah. Um, and maybe we're attracting kind of good businesses that you know really care about their stuff and their high growth businesses. Um, but it was a it's an amazing statistic to find out. Yeah. Do you think that growth maybe comes from the fact of speak of is very impact driven and in a world which is increasingly concerned about sustainability and environmental impact do you think that's a correlation coming from those sorts of businesses sort of improving generally year on year i think i think um you would have to have your head in the sand to to not realize that caring about your social and environmental impact um 
you know, is, is one of the most important focuses that you need to have. Definitely. Either that comes from attracting the right talent, um, especially, you know, the much talked about millennials that we have and wanting to work for values aligned businesses and also willing to work for less as a result. Um, or you're looking at kind of consumer awareness. People want to buy from, from companies that they think are values aligned and that they agree with. Um, you know, and there's so many options out there. People will will look and they will choose, and people are willing to pay more for that. Um, and so there's there's a there's a big shift that's taking place, and also with transparency and accountability. Um, you know, people want to know that they can trust the businesses. So I think I um, looked at a stat that trust in business is so fundamentally low, and that's probably through the huge amount of scandals that we have keep kind of cropping up with businesses and the way that they've operated. So. How do you regain that trust? And I think you know, B Corp helps with that because it gives you an independent valuation, validation of what you're doing. And um, the, the interesting thing about it is, and that transparency part, is that every B Corp has to have a public profile. Um, on the public profile, it gives them the score that they got out of 200. Yeah. And then their um, social and environmental impact as well. So you've got each area of the assessment, which is our governance, our workers, our environment, um, our community and our customers as well. So it breaks down all the scores that people would have got as a result. Very cool. So becoming B Corp through that assessment process, I know Voland said that they became B Corp in two weeks, but I think most businesses would say that that takes a little bit longer. Yeah, Voland's did. Yeah. <laughs> was it Rich she spoke to? Um, no, it was just from the, the their uh, website. Oh, okay. Talking about being off. But I know that obviously Chairman Love is worked in both companies. Yeah, she has, exactly. Um, You know, Voland is an incredibly aligned um, organisation. John Elkerton coined the phrase triple bottom line nearly 25 years ago. Um, They truly, truly believe in this. They've been talking about it for a very long time. So certifying within two weeks is pretty bold. I don't think there's any business these days would be able to do that. (laughs) Um, And they they definitely were one of the first B Corps in the UK, so there was kind of probably a different shift. But um, yeah, it's a hard, it's a long, hard process to certify. It takes a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and people ask me kind of how long does it take, and I say a really annoying answer back like how long is a piece of string mm. because it depends how much data you have to hand to be able to complete the assessment um, and then you've got to submit it and then you have to have your diaries aligned with our standards analysts to um, kind of you know book a verification call essentially and then you need to update and upload lots of different documents yeah. ahead of that call then afterwards you have to re-upload more documents and clarify some answers and then we have a secondary review um, that also happens by our standards analysts. Um, then you've got to sign a term sheet, um, and then you know finally you can certify as a B Corp. But there is a you know it's a good it's a it's a good three month process I yeah. would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, the assessment yourself, you've already run through roughly how it's structured. Is there a part of the assessment that you think businesses typically underscore on something that maybe trips them up a little bit they weren't expecting? Yeah, I think every business that's a B Corp. Um, has different areas that they excel in and the way that they they operate and what their focus is and often it can depend on the type of business that they are. Um, some we we did notice that we did a bit of a review of our community to have a look at where they were the weakest on and um, environment was was quite weak. Um, which is interesting because you think that everyone recycles and things, but actually the use of renewable energy is quite low. Mm. And I think that's a challenge 
for us and a lot of the vast majority we've talked about kind of large businesses but there's a lot of SMEs the vast majority of businesses are SMEs in our community yeah. who will be in serviced offices yes so, I was say, shared, one of the biggest challenges that I'm going to face shared office space you can't really control what the environmental impact of the spaces that you're in yeah. and if you have international suppliers and you're not a big business to have yeah. your own suppliers then yeah. that's a challenge that trips people up yeah exactly so it is and you know working on how to to engage in that a little bit more um what you can do, we actually recently had a focus on the environment as a as a section that we we um, spoke about quite a lot and did a few different events around um, to kind of encourage businesses to improve. And, and the, the other one is community, which is about your suppliers, about your volunteering, about the profit you give to or revenue you give to charity. Um, and that's another interesting one when you kind of need to ask more questions of your suppliers and potentially choose them on slightly different grounds if you if that works for your business strategy. Um, but there will be obviously some businesses in the community that have scored really highly on on community and environment and actually workers are their weakest point or or governance is their weakest point so it really does it does vary but um, every B Corp needs to improve (laughs) and I say that um, you know to pass as a B Corp you need to get 80 out of 200 Mm it seems like a really low pass mark. I kind of think back to my university days where you, where you kind of got 40% to, to pass your first year and everyone's like, oh my goodness, that's so easy. Um, and I, I see B Corp more as a reflection of how far businesses have got to go. So 80 does seem low. It's really hard to get to 80. Most businesses who go through the assessment get around 50. Mm. Um, and that 80, the, the additional 120 points are really just demonstrating how much more every business can do Um, and there is no business that has I think even achieved 190 points yet and we've been going for 10 years so there are some that are close around the 186 mark Um, but yeah they're not they're not there yet so uh, every business can improve yeah Yeah. so obviously you guys work in 67 countries I think and how easy would you say it is to qualify to be Corp without having a BDAB in the country that you're working in so the way that B Corp works is that there has to be a real demand to create a B lab Mm -hmm. um, within that country and there's a lot of we kind of go where the demand is rather than going to a location where there isn't a demand to try and start Um, up yeah yeah, exactly you know it has to be that coming it has to come from the local community as a a result of seeing there's something that could grow and really benefit the businesses that are around so um, there is obviously a massive difference in, in certification in, in countries where there isn't a presence. Obviously mm. in the UK, we're geographically pretty small, um, so we're able to have good touch points with everyone. But we do have an online social media platform called The Beehive, which enables businesses to, to log on and integrate and um, with other beehives regardless of where they are. So. Um, there's over probably 6,000 users of the Beehive. Wow. Um, there's over 67 groups. There's discussion forums and pretty much anything you can think of. And if there <laughs> isn't one, you can start one. Um, and that, that's the best way to engage with the community. So if there isn't a B-Lab presence where you are, um, a really great way to, to kind of integrate is through, is through technology. Yeah. Um, and then we have a kind of a... It's, it's mainly North America, but it's, I think it was called the Global Champions Retreat. Um, but it's very North American focused, but that's um, an opportunity to kind of go to either the US or Canada um, and, you know, attend an event that's, that's there and you can meet lots of businesses as well. Or come to the UK retreat, um, which we have every year. Yeah. So it totally, it totally depends. And um, 
it's a it's a challenge of a kind of very small underfunded uh, not for profit <laughs> having a having a focus in lots of different areas with and, a lot of determination <laughs> yeah exactly a huge amount of determination to to create change but how do we essentially service those businesses who are truly committed to creating change. Um, and uh, we're still looking for that magic pill, I think, um, that's going to be able to transform business and then help probably with our, with our funding. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. And we really do, it's a challenge that we kind of, we're trying to address. But at the moment, the, the demand has to come from the local community before we can have a um, representation there. Just by going out there. That's yeah. Awesome. Great. You have been amazing. Thank you so much for talking to me. Just a Thank final so question. Yeah. Obviously, at the moment, you are a outreach manager and doing amazing work within B-Labs. But yes. when you were younger, yes. I'm thinking sub-10, yeah. what did you want to be when you were older? Oh, this is really embarrassing because <laughs> <laughs> I distinctly remember having um, a conversation with a head teacher when I was interviewing for secondary school mm -hmm. and they asked me exactly the same question and my response was oh god this is embarrassing <laughs> I want to be an actress a model or a makeup artist <laughs> and yeah and it was it, I mean I went on to study politics at university so something happened along the way um, probably my failure at acting and realising that I definitely couldn't be a model but um, very aspirational goal very for, a, for, a, for a young girl I think it's I a, a beautiful thing to go for probably a reflection of the kind of the small minded I don't know my lack you of feminist you had a lot of faith in yourself well, there's nothing wrong yeah. with being a model yeah yeah absolutely you were seeing that that's what my future was um but yeah it's very interesting I've had a bit of a shift change I think um yeah going from kind of getting very much into Middle Eastern politics from from once you know wanting to be a, a model a yeah <laughs> I was and I, I did do a lot of acting when I was younger and I think my mother encouraged it um well, acting is great for kids as well it's such yeah. a confidence booster yeah absolutely yeah exactly and and now that really comes into play by either you know talking to you doing podcasts or being on panels leading networking events yeah exactly yeah. I think that that has massively helped as a as a way that I, I am today although unintentionally I think <laughs> different path but similar talents yeah exactly every skill you get is useful in some part of your life definitely um I was discussing that over the weekend. Anything you do in younger, you know, creates resilience. Um, you know, you can't always predict the way that things go, and therefore that's always really important. Um, so, every experience I've got, I think, just comes out in different ways later on in life. Amazing. Well, that was a beautiful thing to end on. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me and explaining a little bit more about B Corp. It's been really great talking to you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the final episode of season one of Be Curious. Or if this was your first one, feel free to jump back to episode one and hear about how a chief toaster turns bread into beer in a socially conscious way. I hope you enjoyed the series. If you have any feedback, please do leave a review and have a wonderful day.